Ariana. And I'm Julie Gafke. And this is Justice. That's, That's the, the business, business we're, we're in. in. This Michigan-based podcast focuses on civil rights laws and cases from the perspective of attorney Julie Gafke and her law firm. Attorney Gafke specializes in discrimination cases. This is a podcast for those who are interested in learning more about the law, current events, and the way in which they affect our communities in everyday life. During today's episode, we are going to be talking about a new policy that the NCAA created this year in July of 2021. It allows student athletes to receive payment and compensation for participating in college sports. We are going to also focus on the ways that gender might differentiate the ways that men and women are compensated. Um, in the United States, sports are a large, um, a large part of the college experience. And for many of us, um, students have not received compensation for dedicating a large piece of their college identity to a sport. They've been working practically for free while institutions make money off of their students. Um, for reference, Forbes noted that Division I schools earn around $8.5 billion a year and 58% of that money is from the men's football team and men's basketball programs. And of that $8.5 billion, it's billion, not the M, it's a B. So <laughs> less than 7% of that revenue goes to the athletes. Wow, seems unfair. It, it is, it really is. And sports are a crucial part um, for these students and they're basically working for free without compensation. It's a full-time job on top of them being full-time students. And the universities, on the other hand, get to cash in on their work. So the NCAA produced a statement saying that all three divisions are now allowed to make money and participate in outside advertisements and partnerships. Um, ways of payment can include sponsorships, social media, autographs, in addition to endorsement deals. Um, the new policy permitting payment to athletes came after the U.S. Supreme Court ruled against the NCAA in June of this year, uh, striking policies forbidding compensation to athletes for name, image, and likeness. And I, it, I just want to note that like, I think it's very, very crazy that they didn't want these students to be able to make money while in college. Um, you, so you wanted to exploit them and then not have a way for them to make money in other ways. It's kind of like just tying them down. Um, uh, Julie, can you tell us a little bit about this case? Sure, thanks Ariana. So the NCAA um, was sued by current and former student athletes in men's Division I football and men's and women's Division I basketball. Several different athletes brought the lawsuit because they felt they should be paid for their name, image, and likeness, that the NCAA was benefiting from, the universities were benefiting from, all these billions of dollars were being made because of their name, because of their likeness, because of their image, yet they weren't getting any of that compensation because the NCAA had laws or policies, excuse me, forbidding the payment and compensation to student athletes. So 
it went all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. The case is NCAA versus Alston. It was decided on June 21st, and the U.S. Supreme Court, in a unanimous decision, that means all nine justices agreed with the decision, they struck down the NCAA caps on student-athlete academic benefits, which includes reimbursements and pay for academic-related benefits, um, such as compensation for name image likeness um, by athletes. Um, now, on its face, this looks like a great decision, a good decision for all student athletes. Ariana, what do you think? Um, I think it's a good idea because I, I refuse to work for free. I do not like seeing students um, working hard and then not getting anything in return while these institutions are making tons and tons of money. But on the other hand, uh, while this is a good idea, I am worried that some people are going to be getting more um, compensation than others. And I think there is going to be a gap um, between the men's teams and the women's teams in terms of getting sponsorships and um, brand deals. So that was about, well, that was, there's been a few months, several months that have, mm -hmm. that have passed. What's happened since? What's, what's it look like for athletes, college athletes? Is there disparity happening? Okay, so I have a couple examples of people who I know who have gotten brand deals already. And the first one on the list is Hannah and Haley Cavender and their twin sisters who play for Fresno State's basketball team. And they also happen to have uh, millions of followers on their social media pages and they are getting compensated with their name, image, likeness, um, contract for Six Star Pro Nutrition. Uh, the list of male athletes benefiting from this um, law change is a lot longer than the women's list. Um, Florida State quarterback Mackenzie Milton, uh, Miami quarterback Derek King, Iowa's basketball player Jordan Bohannon, and several members of the Jackson State football team and numerous other football players are benefiting. Um, I do know a couple more. Um, there's a couple... Uh, basketball players in the Midwest who are also um, getting sponsorships and brand deals. So at Michigan State University, United Whole Mortgage is giving each member of the football team and men's basketball team $500 a month. Wow. This, this is great, but the women's basketball team was not included in the compensation deal. Um, however, there are some companies who, on their own, are providing equal funding. One example would be uh, Unilever uh, plans to spend $5 million over the next five years in partnerships with different college athletes. And they have announced its intentions to spend equal amounts of money on male and female athletes. And I think that this is great that they're doing that because a lot of these big corporations say they care, but if your actions aren't showing it with your money it's it, your words don't really mean that much so um it's good to see at least this company you know um putting where their money where their mouth is and i hope to see more i hope to see more corporations and um businesses giving out sponsorships the equal amount to men and women and 
Uh, Unilever is not legally required to spend dollars equally, but um, universities are required to protect the students, including student athletes, from uh, gender discrimination uh, under Title IX. And I know there's been a couple ways that people. I remember seeing a basketball player from Ohio State was had sponsorship with Kroger, and like he filmed a video of like, oh, this is what I get at the grocery store. Like, come to Kroger because. <laughs> Because, you know, you can get your school supplies and stuff. And I'm just like, good for these athletes making money. But I'm, I'm just, I just wish and I am hopeful that um, um, the women's teams will get the same um, opportunities. Yeah, like the Michigan State University example. The university, I'm sure, was part of that equation to get the $500 a month for the football team and the men's basketball team. And because of that the university could potentially uh, face liability under Title IX. I don't know. It remains to be seen. We're, we're on chartered territory here. But, but, but what we do know is that there is this law, Title IX. It's a Civil Rights Act law, and it it's prohibits discrimination based on sex at universities and colleges. Um, under that law, no person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal funding. Um, so Title IX protections include student-athletes K-12 through and at the college and university levels. But today we're talking about college athletes and the ongoing disparities between men's and women's sports. Um, so Title IX was supposed to level the playing field between men and women athletes, and in many ways it has. Since its passage, Title IX has dramatically increased athletic opportunities for women and girls. The result has been increased involvement of girls and women in sports at all levels. Uh, I was looking at this Connect with Billie Jean, it's a website that promotes the Women's Sports Foundation, great foundation for women, uh, and it talks about how since Title IX's passage, female participation at the college level has grown by 614%. That's great. Yeah, it's fabulous. So it's this law really has had a positive impact on girls and women's playing sports at all levels um, in education. So Title IX regulations specify that if a university awards athletic financial assistance, it must provide reasonable opportunities for such awards for members of each sex in substantial proportion to the number of students of each sex participating in interscholastic or intercollegiate athletics. So. I'm curious. I'm going to be curious to see what happens, Ariana, because um, in this situation, you have these corporations creating these partnerships with athletes and compensating them, and the university is facilitating that process. Um, and currently, you know, there's a disparity. I mean, the men are clearly getting compensated at a higher amount. Uh, more numbers than the females. 
there are some female athletes benefiting, but still that disparity is there. And I'm wondering, you know, legally it just seems like because the universities are involved and because there's disparity in the amount of compensation, that there will be challenges based on Title IX. So almost 50, year, 50 years now it's been since the passage almost of um, Title IX. And there's been tremendous progress for, for women's co in college sports. Um, unfortunately, the disparities between men and women in sports continues even to, to today. Um, and this U.S. Supreme Court case, while it seems very just and fair and the right thing to do and makes sense, it may also pave the way for more disparities in men and women's sports at mm -hmm. the collegiate level. What do you think, Ariana? I think that there are a bunch in a bunch of pros and cons to this situation, and I think that only time will tell how this plays out. Um, with the amount of sponsorships that men and women get from um, playing on these NCAA teams. Um, some pros are that students will be able to select who they receive income from and they can work with corporations and businesses that they have that they're passionate about or share common interests with. They're able to gain wealth while they're young and playing sports. Um, and they're allowed to work on passion projects and collab again with um, people that they can benefit from and they can also promote their own businesses. And some cons are that not all will receive the same amount of money, promotion or sponsorships and the gender wage gap will increase. Men will make more than women and the gap will increase based on the division of the sport. Uh, which is disappointing because all these athletes, men and women, work just as hard. And I don't think that um, just because you're a man, you should make more money um, than someone who is on the women's team. And the differences between men and women's sports is perpetuated today. Uh, one big piece that contributes to the lack of the sport is the representation of women's sports and the lack of support. Uh, men's teams get more advertisements and equipment and overall just support. Um, the most recent example that comes to my mind was March Madness um, and it was when the um, it was a video I saw actually and it was of the men's gym where they would be able to practice and then the women's gym. Yeah I saw that too that was just incredible the difference was so um, great between the the men what the men's got men's facility got and what the women's facility got as far as equipment like you said yeah and it's it's crazy because they had all these the men's like weight room had all these weights and like this nice new equipment and then like the women's area had some yoga mats some light dumbbells and i'm like they practice the same amount. They work just as hard. There's no reason that there should be a difference in the type of materials. It should have been the same. Um, or they should have been practicing in the same gym. Um, and the thing is, um, what 
this video that I saw, it was a recording from Sedona Prince's TikTok and she plays for Oregon's women's basketball team. And she videoed the differences of the men's and women's equipment during this March Madness. And people were outraged as they should have been. And even Vanessa Bryant made a comment about it. Cause they're like, this is crazy. This is crazy. It like, it, it makes me so mad because I'm just, I'm just curious. How does someone explain why there's differences? Like who, I, I just, to be a fly on the wall in that meeting of like, oh, we need to get this stuff changed. Why, why did the women, the women's gym have light dumbbells and yoga mats for stretching and the men have this updated equipment in the highest facility? Um, it doesn't make sense. And another way that this stuff is perpetuated is with advertisements and this goes with like college sports and professional sports because that like, the men's team will have like more options in terms of like um, uniforms. They're promoted more around campus. Um, one example is the University of Minnesota. Um, I was talking to someone uh, from their institution, and they were you know talking about how great this this school is, and I I think the institution is great, but. Um, they had said that like oh you can you can get in a free for the women's games and i was like i was expecting to hear something else and the men's games and it's it's no like you only only the women's teams you were able to get in for free and i'm just wondering why is that because they practice the same amount um and those dollars go to the program yeah so if you're not paying to get into the game then less dollars are going into the program for improvements and it, like you said it perpetuates the disparities i mean maybe it's providing more access they're trying to get bigger crowds and those things are good things but it's also kind of sending a message that uh, you get a value when you go to the boys the men's basketball game because you have to pay to get in it's it costs money it's valuable we're just going to let you in free for the women's games. Yeah, and like even looking at the 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 um, audiences, the people who show up, the men's um, basketball teams are crowded. You have these huge basketball courts, and there's not one seat that is empty. But then I'm looking around, like when they're like panning around the basketball court. And it's like the women's sports, like half the amount of people. And I'm like, why is that? It's more entertaining, in my opinion, this is my opinion, that women's sports is more entertaining to watch. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like there's more technique, but that's my opinion. That's not... Well, what do you... I mean, precise. what's the reason? I mean, why aren't they getting butts in the seat? Is it... Do you think they promote men's sports yes. more than women's sports at yes. universities? Yes, and especially with... The, I think everything is connected because... You were talking about um, the um, Billy uh, Jean um, King's um, her foundation. The thing about that is, I think it's perpetuated from a young age that, like, when you're playing any sport, the men's team, the boys' teams are supported more than the girls' teams, and it kind of just works its way up. Like when you're playing in middle and high school, you 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 go to the games, you see who shows up, and you see. 
after like the boys games will play first and then after that like half the crowd leaves and it's just like that's kind of discouraging if you're one of the people playing the sports um yeah when you go to a football game there's all this activity mm-hmm. that's supporting the football team and getting butts in seats and yeah it's it's different for the the girls sports at the K through 12 level and the women's sports at the university level they don't have that added support these auxiliary type events going on that promote the actual game at least it doesn't seem like it so i mean promotion's a big deal if if yeah. women's sports were promoted more um, then i think that they would get more people there and the demand would be greater. And then those women athletes would get contracts Mm -hmm. for their name image likeness. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's all cyclical. (laughs) They really are all connected because like, if you don't have one, you don't have the other. And if people are like, well, why if, if companies are trying to figure out like, Oh, who should we give brand deals to? If they don't see you, playing at these schools or advertise as much as the men's teams, that contributes to why they're not getting these deals that they deserve. Men and women's sports, they practice the same amount. It's just as tough. Um, The coaches are just as qualified and there's a difference. So that's something that we need to work on as um, a country. Uh, it's, It's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really hope that I understand. I mean, the market dictates the professional sports, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but at the university level, universities are su- supposed to protect students, student athletes from sex discrimination and from disparities based on gender and inequities. Um, and I'm really concerned. I think it's a, I think that. I don't think that, you know, the university should get all this money without, on the backs of these students athletes, without giving it back to student athletes. And if these corporations are going to benefit from the name, likeness, and image of these student athletes, then there should be some compensation. But I I just hope it's not at the expense of women's sports um, and that disparity growing more. Mm-hmm. And if and if a school was to like lose a certain amount of funding, you know the funding would be taken out of women's sports first before they would take funding away from the men's teams, and that's just despicable. Um, so we are hoping for some change, and we will be um, attaching our sources again that we had for this episode um, in the podcast notes. And we hope that you check out our other episodes and our future episodes. It was really fun uh, researching for this. But again, I was getting upset when I'm looking through this because it, it, these athletes, the, the women on these teams don't deserve the, um, the... They deserve so much more than what they're getting. I feel like they are getting cheated right now. So... I'm hoping to see some change in that these companies and administrators in these universities, you know. Yeah, I applaud you to love her. I mean, mm-hmm. 
I like to support smaller local companies, but you know, Unilever has something, I think, a good idea. Um, I think their statement that they're going to provide equal compensation to men and women, I think should be followed. Mm -hmm. I think that we should be buying products and supporting companies that make good decisions that are promoting civil rights and and raising up our, our young women and mm -hmm. men equally and not mm -hmm. creating a larger disparity by, by compensating unequally. But I also think that the, the men's teams should be allies to the women's teams. Like, you need to be willing to say, hey, I'm not going to work with you unless my, my friend on the women's team is getting the same amount of money. Um, because I think then once they realize like, oh, these students aren't, they're going to fight for equality or they're not going to want to work with us unless we are inclusive, then I think that um, that would also encourage them to do the same. Well, that's a great point because I saw one male athlete um, who actually entered into a contract for his name, image, and likeness and donated all the funds to a GoFundMe page for um, a good cause. And so he wasn't even going to benefit on his own. Mm -hmm. So that's a great point. I mean, um, athletes can be allies to each other. Mm -hmm. Male athletes can say, you know, we want equality and, and they can use their um, contracts to leverage their female athlete counterparts. Great point. Yeah, thank you. But uh, check out these resources that we have listed below. And I mean, definitely go follow these <laughs> the athletes pages because a lot of them are starting, even though this is a recent change, a lot of them are starting to get the benefits of it. So um, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye.